1: Welcome to the Pure Desire Podcast, where we partner with you to bring hope and freedom on your journey to purity. Hey there, I'm your host, Trevor Windsor, and we are so thankful that you're taking the time out of your day to hang out with us. I'm here with our guest and my co-host, Nick Stumbo, and today we're going to be talking through one of our tools that we use here at Pure Desire, the Faster Scale. Nick and I have both had experience using this tool, and we want to talk about what it is, how to use it, and why it works. Nick, thanks for being here. How are
2: you doing? I'm doing great, and it's really exciting to be back, excited to think about people that might be listening now to our second podcast. That means they stuck with us, they believe in us. So thank you uh, for all you who are listening. We hope this continues to be uh, a growing uh, experience for you to be a part of this journey.
1: Amen to that, and then we're done. Episode over. No, just kidding. Okay, so the faster scale is one of those things in Peer Desire, really, that we talk about a lot. It's a tool that we referenced so much, and so uh, really what we want to do today is just clarify what it is and really just talk about it. So you ready to get into it?
2: Yeah, it really is a foundational tool. In fact, I've had a number of guys in my groups through the years who've said to me, learning and understanding the faster scale was worth the price of admission. Now, the groups are free, so that price isn't real high, but you know what they're saying is that 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 understanding was worth all the time and effort they put into this process. Well, let's get into it. What is the Faster Scale tool, and where did it originate? Yeah, the Faster Scale is a, a behavioral and emotional awareness tool that really serves to prevent relapses. Most people are aware of what they do. They're not always aware of why. I think particularly for men, we know when we've crossed that line of doing what we promised we wouldn't do. And and that's where the red warning lights go off and the danger signs like, I can't believe I did that again. But as you know, and many listening know, by that point, it's too late. It's like, I I wish I would have seen this coming. And the faster scale really is a tool to say, there's a way to see what's coming. There's a way to be aware of what's going on in your thinking and in your heart that you can be proactive about changing something much, much sooner rather than waiting till you're right on the uh, line battling again, should I, shouldn't I. Right. Uh, so it was developed by a guy named Michael Dye, someone we're very indebted to because he developed it and he is very generous to, to give it away and allow others to use it. Uh, he pioneered it in his workbooks called The Genesis Process, uh, some great change group material that we recommend as a, a parallel to Pure Desire workbooks. Uh, He uh, was working with YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and was a part of some drug treatment rehabilitation programs, and he was watching men and women fall back into these patterns of relapse, and he felt like there was a pattern to it, that he could see it coming. He could see some um, reliable steps they were taking, and he thought, could I put this into a scale that people then could begin to analyze for themselves what steps have I taken that are moving me towards relapse? And then once we're aware of them, what does it look like to get off of that pattern and instead live in restoration, to live in a place of health and of recovery? What's the purpose of the Faster Scale then? The purpose of a Faster Scale is to help you understand when you have moved away from a place of restoration. And restoration or recovery, we would define as living in a place where you are accepting life on God's terms, that you're, you're trusting him. You're in healthy relationships with God and with others. You're living in openness and honesty. There's a sense that um, I'm content with who I am. There's peace in my life, peace in my relationships. And and that's an ideal that I I think we would all aspire to and say, that's where I want to live. Well, what does it look like to move away from that? So FASTER is an acronym for the steps we take away from recovery all the way down to relapse. Uh, F is forgetting priorities. A is anxiety. S is speeding up. T is ticked off. E is exhausted, and R is then relapse. And the faster scale really is just that it's a scale that we move downwards towards relapse. We don't just jump from recovery into exhaustion. If we find ourselves in exhaustion on the verge of relapse, it's because we've walked through these other steps. So in forgetting priorities, we invite someone to figure out where have I begun to take matters back into my own hands to think I'm in control or I need to dictate the terms of my life, And as soon as we do that, we've moved to an unreliable source, so that produces anxiety. We feel worry. We feel fear. We wonder about how others are feeling about us, how well our performance is. And because we've learned that we don't want to live in anxiety, we've discovered that a a reliable way out of anxiety is to speed up. So we we get busy. We work harder. We perform. We put on a show. Uh, We maybe even start to push others away a little bit because To deal with the anxiety, we have to be okay, and that's the whole area of speeding up. Mm. Then that isn't effective, and so we get ticked off. It's not working. We're not working hard enough to feel better, or people don't seem to notice how helpful we're being. They don't um, see how great we are and acknowledge it. So now we're ticked off, we're angry, we're blaming others, we feel isolated and alone. Uh, We're moving to a a darker place, and if we're ticked off long enough, we end up exhausted. Mm. And in exhaustion, we don't just mean physically being tired, but it's often emotional exhaustion, where I'm at a place that my energy reserves are gone, my desire to do the right thing is depleted, uh, relationships have been strained, I've maybe pushed people away to the point I'm not in very healthy community. And when I'm in a place of exhaustion, then taking that next step into relapse is pretty easy to do. Yeah. Because in the scale, then you understand that relapse isn't merely a choice between right and wrong, that relapse is giving up. Relapse is giving in to my old desires, my old ways of coping with the pain or with the uh, frustrations of life that began all the way back up in forgetting priorities. Right. The pain or the things I'm avoiding or running from started at forgetting priorities, but it's in exhaustion and relapse then that they become pronounced. Yeah. So when a man or a woman begins to understand how that skill works in their life, and what most people find is that they have a couple of patterns that are common to them. And when they begin to expose those and see them, then they can begin to do battle at the front end of their struggle, where there really is hope and victory, rather than battling uh, at the very bottom of their scale. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like an awareness tool is really what it is. Yeah. It was one of the revolutionary ideas for me early in my recovery, uh, because I thought the need was, when I was... Let's say, as an example, sitting in front of my computer late at night, feeling tempted to click on something I knew I shouldn't, that that's where I needed to just be a better man, you know, love Jesus enough that I wouldn't click on it. But what this helped me see is at that point, I'm already fighting a losing battle because my brain, my thinking brain is literally being shut down by my survival brain that is saying, I want this, I need this, and our survival brain is not driven by moral code. It's not driven by right and wrong. It's driven by reward and what makes me feel good, even if it's only for a moment. And so in this process, I learned that victory came not by making better choices then. And, and just to be clear, I'm still totally responsible if I make the wrong choice there. That that sure. doesn't mean we're excused from making the bad yes, choice in right. that moment. But I, I just discovered that victory was found much further up in the battle. Right. It was found in not ever being alone at night, tempted in front of a computer. Yeah avoiding that situation, and the way I was able to avoid those situations was becoming aware. Self-awareness becoming a key to victory.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But for some of us, you know, a lot of our listeners may be people that are in the church and feel like, you know, I think we are real tentative when we approach clinical things. We're just we're unsure if it's biblical or if we find it in scripture. And so, uh, just to relieve all those those worries about this, what biblical foundation do we see for the faster scale and why
2: we use it? Yeah. Well, when you speak of it being you know maybe a clinical tool or something used in counseling, I would want to be real clear to say this is really an everyday, every person kind of tool. In fact, for my wife and I, in the first year of our journey, the faster scale became a really significant connecting point that every week we could sit down and I could share with her my faster scale because it opened up some conversations about emotional awareness. It allowed my wife to begin to see into my heart. And because she could see some things, it gave me understanding also through her eyes and perspective. Uh, So I recommend it all the time to marriages where I say, you don't want the spouse or most often the wife to have to be the police officer of your behavior and checking in on you.
1: No one wins in that scenario.
2: Yeah. The guy always feels like a little kid or like his wife's on his back, and then she feels guilty about treating him that way. It's never a healthy situation. So this, the question, though, a spouse or wife can have is, well, then what do we talk about? And I say, well, the faster scale is the starting place because it begins to help you communicate on a whole different level. And what what we find is that for many men and for some women, they've never really learned to understand their emotions, to yeah. understand what's driving them. So it's it's not just for the counseling office. It's something that men and women can use in their marriage. That a guy can be using. And we really, I think, we see the the foundation of it all through scripture. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in Jeremiah seventeen that he talks about the human heart yeah. and how desperately wicked it is, and who you know who can know the depths of its evil. And well, this is a tool to get into. Really, the selfishness of our heart—that—that right. that it's expressed maybe in problematic behavior like pornography or acting out in other kinds of sexual struggle—but the roots of it are simply in our, our selfish heart. And exposing some of those patterns, or it's Romans seven where the Apostle Paul says, "Why do I do what I don't want to do?" Right. Well, this is understanding what's driving us. What's the engine behind it? Hmm. Yeah. and then it's it's like in Psalm 139, talking about, you know, search me, O Lord, and and see if there's any offensive way in me or or a hidden way. This is really a tool of exposing what are those hidden patterns and pathways that are leading me away from the Lord, away from my faith, away from all the values and things that I've committed to and taking me to places I don't want to go. Because even though we've been, if we've put our faith in Jesus Christ, we believe we've been fully saved and redeemed, and yet we know There's a battle with the old nature. You know, and Paul said it in Galatians chapter five that um, I'm never free from this battle between the the old self and the new self, that they're at war with one another. And I think the faster scale is the best way I know of to really expose that battle and then invite the spirit to invite the Lord into those places to say, God help me here in my places where I turn away from you to start to trust you. And when we invite him in at the beginning of that process then we find we're not battling the temptation on the the other end.
1: Yeah, and, and the faster scale really it, it shows you that it's not it's not what you do with your hands. It's really how, how you're you're starting with your heart. And so we talked about it just just briefly before that it's it's a self awareness tool. And so in recovery in restoration, how important is self awareness, and how does the faster scale help with self awareness?
2: Yeah, to me, self awareness is everything. As, as I was mentioning, you know. Everyone knows what they do. We don't always know why. And I, I think particularly for men, we haven't learned to communicate the language of emotions, maybe partly because it's more art than science. There's not always a direct, well, this led to this, led to that. Sometimes there is. But a lot of times it's these few things compiled with this, added to that. And all of that happens um, many times in our subconscious Um not really a part of our active thinking. It's just trails that we've learned to walk down because all the way back into our childhood, how we respond to pain, how we respond to uh, difficult situations. You know, the limbic brain is driven by those three responses of flight, fight, or freeze. And we learned all the way from childhood in a stressful or painful situation, which one of those was most effective. Mm -hmm. And the faster scale is exposing those things so that we realize, okay, I, I don't have to fight. I don't have to freeze like I did maybe as a five-year-old in a difficult situation. I don't have to flight like I would have in my childhood years. I can be uh, an adult. I can be a man or a woman and trust God to walk into difficult things and not have to run to my old places of medicating my pain or my woundedness. Mm -hmm. And so if we're not aware of what makes us run to those old places, we have no power to change them. But when we're aware, then we can invite God and others into that process to say, help me um, relearn. It really helped me mature. That's what I see this as. It's a process of emotional maturing. Mm-hmm. Because when we feel those old triggers or temptations to run down that path, we go, I don't have to choose that one anymore. Yeah. I can go a different way instead. And it's a significant part of retraining our brain for health, as opposed to just avoiding you know the old pathways. Yeah. And as you're saying that, I'm
1: thinking too, that this tool can be one that pulls you out of isolation and into community. If you understand how you're acting and why you're doing what you're doing, it's easier to communicate with other people. And when you communicate with other people, they're there to hold you accountable and help you with those things. So the faster scale, right? You talked about how it's an acronym and it's a progression uh, going down, never going back up, only going down towards relapse. Can you give a couple examples? Just like like in a week, if I'm using the faster scale, what would a normal week potentially look like using the faster scale?
2: Yeah, I, I think an example – that's common for a lot of men, you know, for getting priorities where we're moving away from trusting God is something like procrastination. I remember when I first came in for counseling, I thought Dr. Ted Roberts was going to be giving me all kinds of tips and advice and tools on how to avoid looking at pornography. And instead he kept harping on my habits of procrastination. And I even brought it up a few times, like, why are we talking about procrastination so much? Let's, you know, talk about how to not look at pornography. And Well, that's what he was seeing is he was working on the beginning of my path, not the end. And so procrastination for a lot of people is where we begin to avoid something difficult or challenging or or there's a fear of failure or a feel that we won't measure up or be good enough. And so procrastination is an easy way to push that off and do something else instead. But procrastination doesn't fix anything or solve anything, and that's where the anxiety comes from. Maybe the deadline starts to come up or someone that we've promised um, that we'd get a task accomplished to now becomes a little irritated with us. And so that's what produces in anxiety things like worry or uh, feeling like we have these resentful thoughts or old negative thoughts. And then anxiety, the way we tend to deal with that, particularly when there's procrastination, is now we... Speed up. We power up and do more uh, so we feel driven, like, okay, I've got to get this done. And, in fact, for many men in groups, they've actually found that speeding up is simply their MO. That's how they've figured out how to get motivated enough to deal with procrastination is the anxiety gets bad enough, okay, now I'm speeding up and I'm going and I'm working. But because I'm overextending myself, it'll lead me into being ticked off where I'll feel like nobody's helping me. I'm feeling alone, like others don't understand why I have to work so hard begin to have a little bit of that martyr syndrome and because of those now real negative feelings partnered with I'm stretching myself too thin because I'm speeding up and ticked off exhaustion is that next step where now maybe I'm just I'm sleeping too little or I'm depressed I'm feeling overwhelmed I want to run and then that's where my old habits and patterns of acting out with pornography or masturbation or for others affairs or clubs or massage parlors whatever their thing is, mm-hmm it's like the temptation gets amplified. I think as fallen human beings in this world, we always have some level of temptation. I mean, you can't live without having certain temptations. But when we're down into exhausted and we're at that place of being overwhelmed and depressed, suddenly what was a one on the scale of temptation now feels like a nine or ten. And it's very difficult to avoid. And so the next step being a relapse into giving up, uh, giving in to my old pattern. And and so that's a cycle that someone could walk through, and it might be a two- or three-week experience that maybe for a week or two they're just in forgetting priorities. They're procrastinating, and it doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But then after a few weeks of that procrastinating, the anxiety's gotten to a point that now they have to do something about it. Now they're speeding up, and so down they go in the scale. And what what it tries to help someone see is that pattern when you walk through it a few times. and You don't have to walk all the way to relapse to see it. Yeah. Um, right. I, I think there are many people that begin to feel exhaustion and they have a plan or a strategy to, to get off the faster scale and deal with their issues before it leads them into relapse. Yeah. But it's when you see the pattern a few times that you begin to recognize it further and further ahead of time and go, oh, oh, I can see I'm, I'm starting to procrastinate and instead I need to face it now. Yeah. Well, it's a, a much easier battle to win. When I was in groups, I tended to procrastinate even on the faster
1: scale. Yeah. <laughs> so I found myself very, yep. very easily can be part of it. progressing down the scale. And and really what, what we've both seen is that it's a daily thing. Like it's not just a, a weekly thing where you do it once a week and yeah. check in where you're at. It's a daily awareness of where you're at because – it can be in, in a heartbeat, you jump from forgetting priorities to exhausted and relapse is right on
2: the cusp of, of where you're at. Yeah. While I said it can be a several week process, it can also be over the course of you know 20 or 30 minutes. Right. We just power through those stages. And part of that's our brain going, oh, we know how to handle this. We right. know how to feel better. And then we're right back in exhausted going, well, how did I get here? Yeah. Well, the faster scale helps, helps you see that. And we really recommend when someone is battling frequent relapse, it might be weekly or even a a monthly pattern still they can't seem to beat, Uh, a daily faster scale, filling that out is a very healthy practice because whether it's first thing in the morning or at night, to really review what's going on, what's triggering me, what's bringing up those old emotions of whether it's failure or worthlessness, the core beliefs that are lies about who I am. When we can see those on a daily basis, then we're able to go to God and to others in our group or in our circle of friends and say, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I'm feeling led to do about it, and can you be a part of praying for me and helping me make these changes in my life?
1: Because this tool is not going to work without honesty and vulnerability, you know, both with you and with
2: a community of people around you. Yeah, and that's why we recommend that every group, this is how you start. It's so much more effective than guys coming together and just shooting the breeze on, well, how was your week? Because we, we tend to posture and pose, and we kind of whitewash the bad parts, and we glorify the good parts. And usually takes up way too much time. Well, the faster scale becomes a focused way for a group to go around and say, here's what my week looked like. And so that's why we require the faster scale to be done in writing and to be done within 24 hours of coming to your group so that it's a reflection of your past week. And And you want to fill out your faster scale. This is just another note, kind of the training of it. You want to fill it out based on not where are you, that moment you're filling it out, but through the lens of what was your worst moment. And I find that for men and women, that's probably the easiest thing for them to do is identify their low points. Like, well, it's when I lost it with my kids and yelled at them. Or it was when I had road rage. Or it was when I ate a box of cookies before bed. Or we can just remember, yeah, that was my rough moment. Well, then through that lens, you can do your faster scale. And I actually find some people will fill out the faster scale backwards. Hmm. That maybe they had a really rough week and they relapsed. Well, they know they started there. They'll go up one level and say, well, what was I feeling in exhaustion? And then, well, what was happening? in ticked off. And it's almost a, a reverse way of seeing your pattern uh, that can be helpful for men and women also. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So it's it, we've talked about it too that you progress down the scale, uh, but do, can you climb back up? I mean, is that is that possible? Where I'm I'm exhausted and I want to try to get back to ticked off. Is that possible?
2: Yeah, that's the one difference that when you think of scales, you usually think of it that way. It's like you go down or you go up. But the goal in the faster scale is really not to climb back up. It's to get off the scale. It's a downward scale only. So if I'm in exhaustion, it's not going to help me much just to go back into ticked off because I'm still in a place where I'm not living in restoration. I'm not living in reliance on God, accepting life on his terms. And so what you want to see the faster scale as that self-awareness piece that when I realize I've gotten all the way down into ticked off, how do I get off the scale? How do I step back into trusting God? accepting life on his terms, being in healthy community with others, being open with those that that trust me and have given me that permission to be open with them. Uh, So that's why there's typically a few steps that people take to get off the scale. A phone call to a group member where they're able to talk about where they're at on the scale. Um, It's having a weekly commitment to change that we're making to stay in restoration. What, What does it mean this week for me to live in healthy relationships with God and others? So taking some steps for that. Um, Or it may be very simple, practical things like taking a 10-minute walk and rehearsing uh, a favorite scripture passage or taking some time first thing in the morning to read uh, God's Word or a book that leads me to a healthy place of thinking. So it's not just that I got out of exhaustion back to ticked off. I I realized I'm exhausted, and I was proactive to take steps to just get off that scale. In fact, I I think it's uh, transformed some of my view of devotions or the classic, you know, our our quiet time, Mm -hmm. um, that that it's connecting with the Lord. But what's the purpose of it? It's easy to get into that checking the box. Okay, I did that. Sure. I really see the purpose of it is to come back to that place of restoration, to say, Mm -hmm. God, I accept the life that you gave me, the realities of what I'm in the midst of. I'm trusting you. I'm walking with you. And then to go into my day with that idea of I want to stay in restoration as much as possible and as long as possible. And, you know, sometimes I make it 10 minutes because I get cut off on the way to work and it's like I'm back to ticked (laughs) off and it's like, okay, back to restoration. And then other days it might be, you know, quite a ways into my day. I just feel like I'm living in that place of trust and dependence on God. And as we redefine what health versus unhealth looks like, um, I I think that's where the faster scale has a long-term benefit in our life.
1: So you've talked about a couple ways to get off of the scale, right? You can progress down. You don't climb back up. For our listeners, do you have any other tips or any other ways that you might suggest getting off the scale and back up to restoration?
2: Well, somewhat ironically, I think one of the best ways to get off the faster scale is actually to take out your faster scale Mm -hmm. and fill it out. Because when we realize we're in ticked off or exhaustion what we're probably not aware of is what are all the steps I've taken. And so if we have even 10 or 15 minutes to sit down and think through those different stages, because in each stage there's three questions we're asked. You know, Number one, what am I thinking or feeling? Number two, how is it impacting the important relationships in my life? And number three, why am I doing this? What's the benefit for me? And if we can walk through those three questions in forgetting priorities and anxiety, What it'll begin to expose is why have I gotten down to ticked off? And then we can go back and deal with the core emotion or the root emotion Mm -hmm. as opposed to just dealing with, well, why am I so ticked off? Well, maybe it's something that happened back up in anxiety or forgetting priorities is really where the work needs to be done. So like I said, it's a bit ironic to get off the scale. You should get out the scale Mm -hmm. so you can become aware, but that's a huge piece of it. And then when I'm aware of what's driving me, that's what I want to communicate to someone else. So when we make a phone call, it's not just a call and say, I'm in ticked off or I'm in exhausted. I mean, it's good if we're aware of that. It's even better if I can say to them, and I realize the reason I am ticked off is because I've been a- avoiding this hard conversation at work. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm ticked off about totally different things, but what's underneath it is this conversation. So I'm telling you about it because this afternoon I'm going to go have that conversation and, and see if that doesn't um, get me back into a place of living in Restoration. I think also what I mentioned about a scripture verse, we really talk about something at Pure Desire a lot, and I'm I'm sure it'll be the topic of a future uh, podcast, is personal promises or prophetic promises. These are very personal words from God that that we've attached to a scripture that speaks about who we are. And I think anytime we're headed down the faster scale, there is a, a lie or there's a false belief driving it about our value, our worth, our identity. When we, when we expose the lie and instead speak God's truth to it about our value, our worth, and our identity, that is what changes the message we're listening to, and we're able to live in that place of restoration. So those are a couple of the steps that I really encourage, is having prophetic promises in mind, being able to process with a friend or group member what's really driving it, and and then filling out our faster scale so we yeah. know why we're at the place we're at.
1: Yeah, and and really, you know, I, I can speak from personal experience in this, that I never really tend to get off the faster scale by myself. I need to have somebody else involved in that process, uh, whether it is sharing with a friend um, or, you know, using a prophetic promise um, and making sure people know that's where I'm at. So, well, if restoration or recovery is, is the goal, right, where we want to be, what does true restoration recovery look like? How do we get there? How do we stay there?
2: Yeah, I think it's important, we talk about this in groups a lot, that we want to see restoration not as a destination, but that that's the journey we're on. It's mm-hmm. a journey of restoration. Because I, I think for a lot of people, it feels like this perfect, you know, heavenly-like place that I'm going to arrive at. And then once I've arrived, I'll never leave it because it's so good. And and that place does exist. It's called heaven, and it's eternity. And when we're there, we're, we won't leave it. But uh, we're not there yet. But no, no. We're going to have every week... Um, I, I would say it's very rare for someone to come to group and say, "I've lived in restoration all week," because we're human beings, that because we nice. live in this world. Yeah, and, and so we want to make sure we don't see the faster scale as like this performance or score sheet. That if I got into ticked off, shame on me, I had a bad week. Yeah. No, it, it's it's being aware of what are the things that drive me. What are the things that my fallenness makes me prone to. Yeah. And so living in restoration is, is less about arriving at a place and more about how am I being proactive when I realize I've moved away from trusting God, when I realize I've moved away from relationships and openness and honesty of, of getting back there. And maybe we have to do it 50 times in a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that happens, sometimes we beat ourselves up like, well, what's wrong with me that I'm, I'm not staying in restoration? And I say, no. What's right with you that you're becoming so aware of it and you're fighting to get back to it and to stay there? And I think when we keep fighting in that way, over time we'll find we are able to live in restoration more often. Mm. That that we'll feel like more of our week is dominated by being in a good place. But it's it's not the good parts of our week that derail us. Even if we were able to spend 95% of our week in restoration – it's the 5% that gets us off course. And that's where we need to get out the faster scale and really continue to identify what's going on uh, so that we can be effective in getting back to restoration.
1: Yeah. So to finish up this episode about the faster scale, give your plea to our listeners on why they should use the faster scale.
2: I think a very common experience for people at the beginning. So if, if someone's listening to this and you're brand new to a group or you just heard about the faster scale, someone told you to listen to this podcast because you're complaining about it. I want you to know that your experience is very common, that there are so many people that on the front end feel like this tool is stupid. I don't understand <laughs> it. It feels like just extra busy work and you're not alone. But if you will trust the process, if you will continue to just faithfully walk through the steps, you know, go through forgetting priorities, underline every word that was true this week, and then circle the one that was the most powerful, and then answer the three questions based on the word you circled. I mean, the instructions are there for a reason, and, you know, we get into adulthood, we think, oh, I don't have to follow the instructions anymore. If you will follow the instructions and trust the process— It is amazing to me the way that the aha moments come. Mm. And I I would also give this plea that there were many times I filled out my faster scale, particularly in the first year or two, that I thought, what a waste of time. And then I'd get to group and I'd share it. Or I'd get to group and I'd hear someone else share theirs and I'd look at mine. And it's like the Holy Spirit would whisper one word or sentence and I would just be like, oh my goodness. Yeah. It would unlock something that I had never seen. I, I knew it was all there. Yeah. I had just never connected the dots. And so that would be my plea is if you're at a place where you're just like, I don't get it. This seems ridiculous. It's a waste of my time. Listen to the testimony of hundreds and thousands of people that say this can transform your life. Because when we have self-awareness, when we see our patterns, we're able to invite God and others into that journey. And, And this is where change happens. So don't grow weary. Uh, I know for many of us, if we're, it's been a long time since we've been in class, homework in general feels like a big time waster. It's not. It's the investment we make that opens up our heart and our mind to see the things that we need to see. I mean, and the truth is, if these things were easy to see, we probably wouldn't be struggling with them because we'd have already changed them by That's now. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't be in this group or looking at change in your life if these were easy things to identify. Right. Some of this is tough to get at, and it's not, as I mentioned earlier, it's not an exact science. So you've got to trust the process, and maybe there's going to be a week you do the whole thing just like I said, and at the end you're like, it still didn't help. That's okay. Maybe that week God was doing some things you couldn't see, but it's going to build you a foundation for those weeks where there is that aha moment, and when those happen you'll be another one saying this was worth it. Yeah. This was worth it for all the time because of the insights it's brought into my patterns. And now that I have the insights, I can change them. And that's, that's why
1: we ask that people would use the faster scale. You will not regret using this tool. Nick, thanks so much for educating us on the powerful tool that is the faster scale. We appreciate your perspective and expertise as we better understand how to use this tool. And thank you for listening to the Pure Desire Podcast. If you like what you're hearing and want to keep up with the podcast, please subscribe and check out our website, puredesire.org. Also, you can follow us on social media at puredesirepdmi. Once again, that's at puredesirepdmi. Thanks for listening to the Pure Desire Podcast. For more information, check out our website, www.puredesire.org. Check in each week for new content on the podcast, and we pray that it will help you find hope and freedom on your journey to purity. Here's what's coming up next week on the Pure Desire podcast.
0: Every woman that takes a breath. This is going to be one of our best resources that we've ever put out. They're wanting to be married. They're wanting to be sexual. And they're saying, what does this even look like? Is it even okay to have these discussions? I think that's one of the things that's interesting about women who struggle is that we don't take good care of ourselves. We, We are the last person, and sometimes we are taking care of everybody else, but we're the last person that we take care of. And that, I think, is my favorite part about these resources.